friends, welcome to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Ugh. Griffey. Yeah, put a little, put a little stank on it today. Disgusting. I'm your host, Josh Griffey. I'll not be interrupted or kink-shamed. Joined, as always, by my friend, co-host, and music video tough guy. Oh, definitely Alex Tandino. <laughs> Before today's just banger of an episode... Uh, a little business. Everyone, we're on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash FilmAlchemistPod. Uh, if you want to help support this show, you want to help us grow this show, that's where you do it. We offer uh, awesome perks over there for all of our, our patrons and our amazing Patreon community. We have a huge Patreon-exclusive library ever-growing. Uh, the patrons get a chance to help us author the show over there. They vote every month on what they want to hear. Uh, those episodes go in there. You can even have us record a double feature you want. We got our Tales from the Crypt miniseries. We've got feature-length commentaries. We do a lot of work over there so that hopefully that is uh, awesome and fun for you guys. And also, it's it helps us keep this thing going, helps us reach more people, helps us make this show better and better. So help us help you help us. That's what we're asking. Please, God, please, God, God, please, please, please. Wow. All right. Um, it was intense. I'm on it today. I'm excited today. Uh, the YouTube is Film Alchemist. Subscribe over there. The email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. You can reach us over there. We're on almost all the socials you're on. There's a lot of them now. Reach out over there. Follow, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. We appreciate it. Make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews everywhere you find podcasts. That helps us defeat the algorithm. We yep. appreciate you there. Yes, it does. Yep. Uh, another thing we want to do leading into October, which we'll talk about in a moment, Guys, if you have a movie-loving friend, just send them a direct message with an episode. We have over 500 to choose from now, uh, so you should be able to find something that they're interested in over there. Let us take it from there. We'll we'll figure it out. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. all the business. That's all the business, except it's September 1st. We're in between curations because there's an extra Thursday this month. Mm-hmm. So today mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about Nick Cassavetes' Alpha Dog. Alpha Different movie, but still sounds amazing. Yeah. Just We kind of harmonize like that. Sometimes <laughs> it's just great. Um, but another thing we need to talk about, September means that the October Mega Marathon is nigh. If you're not a longtime Film Alchemist listener, this is our Super Bowl every year. When October hits... This podcast delivers a brand new episode every single day of the month. 31 days, 31 new podcasts. Every single day, you will have a horror movie to watch with us. We will announce the schedule soon. So again, follow on the social so you can see all of the stuff we've got. All of our fun friends we're bringing along to talk about horror movies with us. I'll tell you this. Get your chainsaws ready. Wink, wink, ding, 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 Yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff. So keep your notifications on. Get your watch list ready. Get ready for the October Mega Marathon. It is the greatest time of the year. Another good reason to go to patreon.com slash film alchemist pod. All right. Enough business. We are excited the October Mega Marathon is now. We've been doing a lot of work to get ready for it. Very excited. Indeed. But alpha dog. It's just going to keep happening. It's going to happen like 55 times. For so sure. if you don't like it, don't turn it off now, but just prepare yourself. Yeah. Gird thy gird thy ears for all of the alpha dogging. Um alpha dog Let's see. So it's it's kind of real life Malibu's most wanted. Right? Like 
if no. all, like all of those Jamie Kennedy characters lived in a house together and worked out without their shirts on, put on the facade of a tough guy. There's this line, right, where they're at a party and they're watching a music video. Yeah. And Elvis, the little guy who's trying to get into the crew who's in trouble, he, he has this line. And it's kind of the thesis of the movie. He said, he looks at how fake this music video is, and he said, the only thing they've ever shot is that music video. This is the theme of the movie, right? People playing at a culture, right? A drug culture, a gangster culture. Sure. Um, hip, <laughs> appropriating hip-hop culture. Um one of them actually comes from a crime family, but Supposedly. he wants to be a different kind of criminal, right? He wants to be uh, something different and unique from his father. So it's a movie about people trying to figure out who they are versus what reality tells them they are. Um, it has an incredible cast. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until we started talking this morning based on a real story, which makes perfect sense. Based on a true story, yeah. So, so, Alex, why did you pick Alpha Dog? <laughs> uh, I love this movie. It's um, it's a good movie. I had never seen it before. This was my is, first time watching it. So it's Nick Cassavetes' follow up to The Notebook. <laughs> yeah, pretty fucking funny. Um, <laughs> talk, talk about your two personalities <laughs> on your Barbenheimer scale. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff that like I think Nick Cassavetes is a really fascinating uh, director. Like a lot of people know him as an actor because he's like. Probably most famously, he's like one of the fucking goons in Face Off. But he's and, the, uh, the main bad guy in the cars in the movie The Wraith with Chasheen. Yeah, pretty awesome movie. And I mean, like you know, he's obviously he's a Cassavetes. Like that's a big fucking deal in this business. Um, I think what's fascinating to me is he really is like I, I like watching I like watching the Cassavetes movies because he lets the he really does let actors like just kind of roll with it. He doesn't. Mm -hmm. It feels like he doesn't do a lot of cutting, and he really does let actors just sort of inhabit the scene and move forward. Because to me, there's a lot about this movie that lends itself to the authenticity of the moment. Not necessarily the plot, but plot is based on true. Plot's based on mm -hmm. true story. I actually work with a lot of the people who knew um, the Markowitz family, which was the fam which is what the family, the Mazursky, fa which is the family the Mazurskis are based on. Um, oh really so this happened actually so in the movie it takes place in the skin gabriel valley this actually happened out in like a woodland hills west hills area um yeah. affluent neighborhoods yeah and uh <laughs> uh again i love like i love the character names and shockingly johnny true love is so much less stupid than the guy's real life nickname the real guy, and he was he was on America's Most Wanted list for I think like a decade or something like that. Yeah, he fled the country. Yeah, Jesse James Hollywood, real name. Yikes, that's a poor name. So that, that is the like incredible thing about this shocking. movie. I actually just picked up the the IMDb so we could look at the cast. So I didn't forget anyone because it's such it's a, a fucking it's a fucking who, it's a fucking who's cast. who. Emil right. Hirsch, Justin Timberlake, Anton Yelchin, which is fucking sad, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bruce Willie. Yep. Let's see. We we roll down here. Sharon Stone, Ben Foster, Sean Hatzel. Yeah, Ben Foster, Sean Hattosi, Stanton. Uh, uh, who else do we got? Chris uh, Chris Marquette, Olivia Wilde, Olivia Wilde, Amanda um, Seyfried, Vincent Carthizer, Lucas Haas, Harry Dean Stanton. It's insane. Amber Heard, like it's nuts. Baby Amber Heard. That's right. Yeah, we've got. Uh, I mean, this it's, this is a fucking stacked. 
And again, catching a lot of them right before they like crested explode. Up. Like this yeah. is so, so this is a this was big time cast. This was actually, I think, one of Justin Timberlake's first like forays into trying to not be this was in his he did this he did uh just time or in time that was after that was after the social network this was like right yeah before, he was like running he's like i need some greedy this was the run-up to the social network this is I like need to wipe the instinct off myself yeah he didn't want any more instincts so he was very close like this was the but this was like the lead up to the social network yeah um but i mean like to me He's Again, good. I love him. I love Emil Hirsch. I think Emil Hirsch is just a fucking phenomenal actor. That guy is yeah. a chameleon. Like you do not expect him to do a role like this, and he's unbelievable. Um, oh yeah, dude. Because he was like, I, he's like for an me, Indian it's Ben guy. Foster, dude. That guy is yeah. a fucking say, flamethrower. Ben Foster movie. is one of these amazing actors. He's like never really gotten his due, to be honest with you. He's just because I think he's incredible. He's yeah. incredible in Hell or High Water, uh, the program. All these movies he's done later. 30 Days a Night. Like, he's just fucking great. He is a fucking powerhouse. Unbelievable. The thing is, is I think he got lumped in with, like, he's a Disney kid trying to do it real. Like, he's a Disney kid who got, like, tossed out into the woods. Like, kind of edged him out as, like, the guy you call. Well, he was on that. He did a lot of indies and stuff, but he's. He's I love both of them as actors. Like, maybe not as humans, but they're both incredible (laughs) actors. Whatever the fuck, because it's kind of a movie where it's a bunch of people being pretty low. Key. They're like, you know what? We're just gonna like have chill vibes with a lot of fucking racism and homophobia. Yeah. And a lot misogyny. of low key racism, homophobia, and misogyny. And all That's like stuff. the acting they're doing. And then Bun Foster comes in, and within five seconds is fucking doing. He's throwing Emil Hirsch around like he's in a cage match with mankind, dude, and just never takes a breath. If this movie has one flaw, which I was like, that is a crime against cinema. Is that at the end when everyone's like getting their fucking comeuppance, we never check never back in with back Ben in. Foster it, I agree after with his you. brother gets murdered. I agree with you. Like, that we, is like we missed a scene that would have been an all timer. There's a like him getting the news that his brother died. Whatever he's doing, I wanted that scene. Yeah. So, because even the scene, right? The scene with Sharon Stone where they put her in like that unfortunate, that really bad chubby fat suit. suit. That scene of her talking about her son is amazing. I was like, I wanted Ben Foster's version of that. I did too. I, I agree. It's a I, crime against cinema. We I didn't do get think that. it is like a massive flaw in this movie to not check back in, not even to get like because everybody gets their like postscript thing, and all those sentences, by the way, were accurate. Um, yeah, his was just like, yeah, he owed a bunch of money, blah blah blah. It's like, what? No, I want to see the like, end of this. Not getting so another good. round. Not get not turn like the last. And I don't know if maybe this is a Cassavetti's choice because I thought about that too after watching this today. It's like, why don't we get another thing with Ben Foster? And I wonder if because like the last thing we ever see him with is that phone call that Johnny oh, makes to the house. And I mean, like, no! oh! I mean, <laughs> get on your motherfucking knees and pray. But my favorite thing Hello! is, goes, hey, are you are you still there? <laughs> are you still listening to my awesome monologue? Again, like, I think this is like Ben Foster's superpower too. Is because he was a Disney kid and started as like a Shia LaBeouf comedian kid, when he does dramatic ben roles, Becca. his comedic timing factors so well into those dramatic moments. You're like, holy shit! Like that's that like Adam Sandler knob that he can turn on, where it's like when you do a dramatic thing, your drama is so real, you can just like yeah. feel it in your guts. Like that has been. There's Foster. a timing in comedy where you just know when to deliver the line. Yeah, that that. 
parlays into everything else, he, right? And um, Ben Foster. Has but it. he's so fuck. I think the thing is the reason maybe we don't check in with Ben Foster again is the end is this somber like when we're watching that kid dead in the grave and the blood is slowly seeping out. Yeah. Everything after that is kind of this somber. We're on the run. Like, we got to be cool. Except for, like, Emil Hirsch and Olivia Wilde are screaming about impotence in a hotel. Like, we can do one more. But it's kind of like we're supposed to be in mourning and, like, wow, look at the tragedy of this. And if you bring Ben Foster back, I feel like he eats the ending to where that's all you're thinking about is just how cool he is. Not, like, as a human, but as an actor. And maybe it just kind of takes the focus off of what we just saw. Yeah. I would bet somewhere on the cutting room floor there is a scene of him fucking like demolishing a payphone somewhere <laughs> or like trying to break an old Nokia phone, which was near impossible. <laughs> it yeah. has to exist. But that was my one because I really I like this movie. Right. And it's the culture of it. I was immediately like, ugh, like Woodstock 99 vibes. Right. Just shirtless little skinny guys in yeah, a, a lot of limp, a lot of limp biscuit, like, like, lot of biscuit vibes. Yeah, they're kind of nagging this guy. Like, you go work, you do this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right. They're these kind of, like, fake tough guys. All right. But then the movie does kind of congeal right on when Ben Foster and Emil Hirsch get in their fight. Yeah. And Emil Hirsch immediately pulls this gun out, right? And Ben Foster kind of does the, you have everyone fooled. I know who you yeah. are. Don't mess with me like I'm one of like, these little, he's like, the real deal. Yeah, he's like, I'm a fucking full insane person. Yeah. And so the movie then becomes, and that's kind of when it locks in for me, right? Is it's this two guys that are essentially posers or at the bottom in this, like, we have to save face, even though those faces aren't real, right? And that's when the movie really locks in, because there is this, I don't know about you, I don't know that the documentary thing helped me in this movie at all. I'll tell you what, it's funny you bring that up, because that actually is the thing I noticed the most, and I, I normally, I love those framing devices, I actually think they work a lot of the time. I think the problem is... Yeah, adding is, some procedural backbone can help I think lot. the problem with Alpha Dog, and this is actually probably the big, other than the Ben Foster wraparound, which is more like a thematic thing, like I wanted more Ben Foster in general... I think you could just say that about pretty much every movie for me. Just give me more Ben Foster. I think the major crippling point to the movie, thematically and like structurally, is that the documentary portion is so loose. It like it's not an established format. Like you just have like it's basically you have the bookends of mm -hmm. um, Bruce Willie doing the front and the back end of the movie. And the scenes are good. Like, you have great actors, no, like, kind of talking to the camera. But the problem like, is, is, like... It's interesting. It's not framed correctly, so it feels almost like... It feels like an after-the-fact thing. Like, I'm not sure how to describe... I think that's how I describe it, though. It's like, it almost feels shoehorned in because it's not properly framed as, like, oh, we're making a documentary about yeah. this crime. This is, like, the drama... like. And then you're watching like it really happened while everybody discusses yeah. it. Because like, okay, it's, so at the very beginning, Grandpa Grandpa Griffey would have said it's putting tits on a bull. That's a good way to put it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like there, it's, it's a hat on a hat. What's it doing? Yeah, <laughs> like I'll, this is what I'd say is like a great example for me is um, right before Ben Foster's character gets fired from his telemarketing job because mm -hmm. that's a great scene. 
Oh they, my god! I'll drag you to hell. I'll drag you to hell. <laughs> They're kind of like wrestling out the dude, and it's like clearly, it's like Best. two guys, like this guy, like the guy, I'll take you to hell, the guy who's running the joint, clearly has been like to like hardcore prison, of course, because he's got the big fucking spiderweb tattoos and shit. And he's like, you disappoint me, like the whole thing. Um, but the th- scene that precedes it is a clip from like the documentary portion where they're interviewing that dude who is in together. Uh, I'll never remember his name. I think his name's, hang on, I'm going to look it up right now. It's Alex. You mean the, the fucking cool guy from Napoleon dynamite? Uh, no, he was in the, no, he was in the fake boy band together. Oh, but he was also like the cool guy. That wasn't in Napoleon him. Dynamite. That wasn't him. Yes. No, no. no. Yes, it was. The blonde guy in this movie is from Napoleon dynamite. <laughs> That's not him. Man. I promise you a thousand percent. How much you want to bet? It's not him. All right. How much you got? Big bang, take little bank. Let's go. <laughs> cool. I will bet you $100 that it's not him. All right. Continue your point. Um, so the actor's name is Alex Solowitz, by the way. Um, so he tells this story about why, like, basically it's supposed to set up why um, Ben Foster gets fired from his job. <laughs> and the, the thing is, okay, so basically... Johnny True Love was trying to scam the insurance company for a stolen car that didn't actually get stolen. <laughs> and Ben Foster, like, fucks it up. And I'm like, okay, that is the worst, like, criminal enterprise ever is trying to scam the insurance company. He's like, it's so easy to scam insurance. Like, I can't believe you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. He's like, salts the whole deal. I'm like, all right, got it. Thanks, thanks, Capone. Uh, I guess we'll have to figure this out. But – there's no precipitation for it other than just like, wait, you could have just said like, oh, yeah, dude, they had bad blood since then. So, you know, Johnny True Love just decided to fuck with them. Right. It is a it's it's a thing because this is the thing. This is not a movie I'm watching. And for even a second, I'm like, well, this will have a happy resolution. <laughs> yeah, there's no. You know point. what I mean? Like, I, I don't need a documentary wraparound on the Titanic. That's like, hey, you know, we were feeling good. We just ate the Jello. It was really fun. Um, now things are going to get, you know, we started to have like an ominous. Like, I know it's yeah. the fucking Titanic. Yeah. Like, there's not a moment of this film where you're like, these little posers yeah. are going to get to a place of fucking introspection and philosophical understanding. I don't need an explanation as to why Johnny Trulove yeah. wanted to get Ben Foster fired from his cool job in Delmark. Right. Well, they do that. And it's like, after that, it was on. Like, he was mad. And it's I'm like, like, just show me Ben Foster. Just show me throwing. Ben Foster fucking doing crazy yeah, shit. Give me one extra scene of Ben Foster in his house shitting on his carpet. Like, the face he's making as he shits on that carpet. And he's like, yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, my God. Just give me more of that. Yeah. Like, that scene's great, right? It, that, that scene tells you everything you want. Emil Hirsch is hiding. Ben Foster's trying to get crazy. They lock eyes, but he still leaves because they don't really yeah. – they need each other to keep playing this fucking Again. fictional game where they're, like, real gangsters, yeah. right? And of- even though – yeah, and it, it pops off over so little because at the start we see Emil Hirsch is just uh, – he's on Elvis's ass about owing him money. Yeah. And he's, you know, you suck my dick when I say you suck my – whatever the fuck he's doing, right? And him and Ben Foster, he's like, I have to get paid. It's almost like his dad taught him. He's like, there's one rule in this. And it's people have to pay. The difference is that Bruce Willie might have guys that show up like a like a Furio, Furio from Sopranos. <laughs> if you don't fucking pay, this guy shows up and is a nightmare. Yeah. When you're Emil Hirsch and Justin Timberlake, and you say you have to pay all the time, and you're like, 
I wouldn't want the two of you to combine Voltron style into a five foot ten guy, <laughs> like you know, who weighs one eighty and try to whip my ass. Yeah. Um. And Ben Foster's just like fucking bring it, and they start smashing each other through tables and windows. Yep. But I love that because Sharon Stone has to me the line of the movie, which is at the end she's talking and she's in her unfortunate suit. I don't know why they made that choice. Um, baffling. But she's sitting there and she goes, you know, in drug culture, they have their own rules, right? And we see that one of the rules is I have to get paid. This is his friend, a guy he knows is a fucking insane person. He could have walked away and just said, hey, you owe me more on the next one, right? We see that Ben Foster went to his house to beg for the money. So he's trying to make it right. So on some level, he's trying to abide the rules of the game, whatever. (laughs) But at the end of the movie, after all we've witnessed, Sharon Stone goes... They killed my son over twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, and it's one of those that it it really is the moment that kind of solidifies this because it's kind of this comedy of errors with like these fucking yeah, goofball. It's like clearly these guys stoner are terrible guys at trying to be something they're not terrible at like being criminals, and then yeah, yeah. like I agree, they think that they're is... like you know they even have like the Scarface poster in Emil yeah. Hirsch's I mean, room like that's the like, really they're, sobering they're, line they're, though it's all facade and then yeah now it's like oh my god the consequences like, of their shit. game $1200 like that's such an easy payout like <laughs> yeah like my god what the hell well like, and Sharon Stone at one point she's like you owe someone money how much I'll write the check right now yeah and Ben Foster's like no we're in this like samurai duel I can't pay now and it is like at the end when it solidifies how little money it is. You're like, so all of these kids that grew up rich who have parents with rich houses and tennis instructors and nice cars. The richness gave them a shield with which to play these games. Right. The yeah. richness gave them the rope to fucking invent these characters and try to pretend that they're these cool, awesome street guys because that makes them feel better than being coddled little rich white kids, I guess. Mm hmm. And you see the consequence of all of that, right? That no one fucking stepped up. That none of the parents were willing to stop their behavior, right? That, you know, Bruce Willis, you know, when he's playing softball says, well, it's all on you now, right? Telling his son, like, you work for me to make money, but also you're like a convenient person to take the fall if something goes down. Yeah. So it's like, it's bad parenting. It's ego. It's delusion. It's it's appropriation. You just see all of these things and you're like, the consequence is... We watch this ultra lovable kid. Yeah. And Anton Yelchin is like, he's Amazing. The, the whole time trying. And he was such a fucking gift. I mean, of like an actor. Yeah. I, I, I think, mean, he was so that the, this is to me like some of the really great actors. And it's not really something you can even teach. But how much can you fucking engage that kind of empathy warp bridge with an audience? Yeah. And he was just an actor who never struggled with that. Mm hmm. No matter what character, like if he's playing like a grungy guy in like green room, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever he was playing, you immediately were pulled so deep into his chest. He just. That it makes every movie more, more engaging. He just, he had that thing, man. He had that, that amazing gift. He was, he was wonderful. And like, he's really young in this too. Like this is. Baby. Probably one of his first movies, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. Like, he's... They say in the movie he's 15, and I was like, he looks 12, so, like, it could be whatever. I mean, I was like, yeah, when he say he's 15, I'm like, gotta be younger. There's no way Anton Yelchin was 15 at this point. I mean, he looks like... He has, like, baby teeth still. But, like, he's so... 
wonderful and so just like accommodating to these people who literally like threw him in a van and beat the shit out of him and then he's like let's just yeah. hang out i'll drink a beer like well cool. he likes it right he yeah. likes it he's he likes part, like when they keep attention. calling him the girls are like oh my god you're the kidnap he's like yeah stolen they, boy they call him stolen boy and you see him like oh my god i like this i'll smoke joy at one point we see him just gardening for justin timberlake yeah, he's just he's like clipping weed his dad's clipping a weed, weed farmer buds. and he he's just gardening he's working and then he's meeting girls and he's excited and happy and that scene in the van when they're driving him up to the shallow grave. Yeah. He's just like, I would never tell on you. We're boys. Like, he thinks he's finding, like, people. Like, he feels suppressed by his mother's love and his father's apathy. Yeah. And he thinks he's out in the world. He wants to be like Ben Foster, but he's not. He's, like, a sweet guy. And so he becomes this this marker in time where we see probably what all of these characters were at one time. Yeah. He was like, a, a nice, sweet kid who's trying to fucking play a role. And we see, like, that's what they were, and these are the little fucking monsters they've become post-haste. Well, I think what's interesting, too, about, like, the level of... This is another part of that um, the, the documentary thing that, like, almost works but doesn't quite. Because, like, every time a new character is introduced, they stop the frame and hit, like, you know, um, witness number 12. You know? The lower thirds, yeah, witness. Witness. Because I was kind of... But again, it's like... I know it's going to go so bad. Right. I didn't know it was based on a real story. It wasn't a famous enough thing that, like, I knew. It's not like I'm watching, like, OJ Dogs. You no. know what I mean? Where, like, I know about the crime. It's, like, no, it, saturated I mean, it was not. Culture. It was. I mean, other than Jesse James Hollywood being on the America's Most Wanted list, there's nothing about this that was so right. widely Right. If you ask me right now who's on the America's Most Wanted list, I was like, Couldn't I don't know. Tell you. That list needs to be places where people see it i have no idea i mean i don't Not go to, like I'm I don't go to the po- i don't go to the post lie, office but. enough there's always there's i think it's that jerry seinfeld joke. i can't remember who makes that joke when like they used to yeah. hang it in the post office and when you're in line at the post office you just be like well um i don't see him in here so i'm, I'm good well yeah he had that bit he's like uh when you took their picture you should have just held on to them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you got that picture you should have held them right there um yeah i live my life to never go into a post office or bank that i don't have to yeah i'm just like so I don't see any of this shit. Nothing I'm going to um, But that's what I mean. So it it is kind of, I guess it works like, this is a fucking stretch, but the seventh seal, right? The Ingmar Bergman movie. <laughs> when it's death in the night playing chess. Oh my God, Cassavetes just woke up with a huge erection. It is like six o'clock in Los Angeles, and he's like, someone just compare me to fucking Ingmar Bergman? Yeah. Oh my God. Pull it back, pull it back. <laughs> I'm saying on a structural level, we all understand that he's going to die in that movie. Right. We understand... And it's it's the it's the fucking film that launched twenty thousand student films that involve chess, including one by your old pal Griff, because uh, it's just such a a a known symbol now, right? We we don't need a specter in this movie. We know it's going to we go bad ha- at every second. We know second. it's happening. Reminding us that there are witnesses. The times it works is when we see them happy. Like when the young teenage girls come over and he's like, hey, what's up? You know, I'm, I'm this young blood. And then we see that they're all listed as witnesses. Yeah. Okay. Now it has, it becomes as Damocles sword, I guess, in a way, right? I mean, it's I, hanging over the movie in a way. Yeah. But the moment we see Bruce Willis at the start, we know it's not good. Yeah. We I know. Mean, 
like the, Wait, I don't know. I mean, it, I think what's in, this is what's the interesting. The documentary about, stuff didn't bother me. It just it felt it doesn't bother. I think me. you said it right. It's just kind of added tacked in. It doesn't bother me at all. I just wish there was more of it, and it was given more of a part of the tonality of the movie. Like that's the thing. It's either not in there yeah. at all. Or it needs to actually be the framing device for the movie. When because, it comes back, you almost forget that they're doing it. And you're like, wait, what? Well, yeah. So, so like, we see this like second. powerhouse, like Ender performance from Sharon Stone. And then. Oh, my God. I love that. Scene. And we get this wrap around. We get this wrap around with fucking. <laughs> get this wrap around with Bruce Willis where you're just like, yeah, I get it, man. This guy's going to keep selling drugs and being a scumbag. Like, thank you for telling me what I already knew about this guy. Like, there's like. Yeah. I like it even starts off like first off from just like a documentary perspective. This is another thing that I always, this is the thing I find very hard to wrap my head around just because I do work in this space, like professionally getting sunny, true love Bruce Willis's character in the chair <laughs> and to sit down and do an interview about his drug dealing son. Who's on the run. I'm like yeah, who he knows is on who the he knows is on the lamb. Unfucking un impossible would never happen in impossible. Real life. Not a chance. And then Grandpa's just walking around. He was at my house, he but I made a house. tuna fish sandwich. Who run, knows? It's like and he's gone. I'm all like, right, all right, Harry Dean. Stanley. I might have believed you, but now you're laying it on pretty thick, fella. I'm like, are you just being a dick on purpose? Is that what's going on? You're just like, come on, yeah. dude. That's a thousand percent what's like, happening. It's like, I think just stop being a cockerel. I think that is like that's like if there was going to be an inherent flaw to that like framing of the movie, it's that you're like. There's no way Sonny True Love would sit down with a documentary crew and be like, I don't know where he is. You're a fucking jerk off. Get out of my house. I'm like, all Sorry, right. bro. Thank you. Sorry, bro. All right, cool. Thank you for lighting up a P-Funk in the middle of this interview. And now we go. Like, I'm like, come on. You ever just taste a parliament and it just tastes right? It just tastes like freedom. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. it's fine. Again, it's a really good performance. Like, fucking Ben. Bruce Will. I. It is sad. It is sad that Bruce Willis is sick and he, something bad is happening to him that he can't like process because he really was a phenomenal actor. Like he he does a really great job in this movie. But again, it's also one of those things where I was like, I don't understand why this device isn't used. Like every scene, like every act of the movie, should have been punctuated by like a larger interview with like. Like, for instance, when they do those wraparounds at the end with the lower thirds about, like, what happened, there's a shot of Sean Hatozzi at San Quentin smoking a cigarette in the yard. I'm like, I'm like, okay, so clearly did we (laughs) – this is the thing that I'm just like, there was an interview with him that we just never got because very clearly there's this wraparound – and it's not like they said, hey, Sean, why don't you come out here? We'll pay you rate for one whole day. All you have to do is sit, look at the camera and sit like, you know, we'll, yeah, we'll, we're going to get a prison location. We'll shoot you close. Show. Just shave I a goodie and we'll do that. The reason that they interview the parents and not the kids is because I think the whole movie's about who whose perspective it is. Right. Well, I think yeah, you, I think you very can't much have so. the kids telling their side. From within the fight, right? right? We're painting this kind of comical picture of them. So I think keeping it all outsider perspective, right? So yeah. whether it's blonde guy, whether it's girlfriend, whether, you know, the waitress that they're really shitty to and mm-hmm. he doesn't pay the tab and he scribbles like, you know, tell your boyfriend, whatever. So all the people who are interviewed are outsiders of the game. Yeah. Talking about them, you know, well, that's I think not that, who I knew. And blah, that's blah, blah, important. Blah. I agree. That's a valuable aspect of the movie itself is like everyone has a different perspective of what was going on. 
Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting, and I think is like, you brought it up really briefly, which is like Cassavetti's indictment of the parents. Like there yeah. is no, like all these people are between like 15 and 20 years old. Nobody is like a full adult in this movie except for the adults. And all of the parents are so psychologically trauma, like psychologically traumatizing to their children. Like, so Justin Timberlake's dad is like, he comes home and he's like, he's just growing weed and having three growing weeds and having threesomes with like girls who are barely legal. You're like, cool. That guy definitely is a piece of shit. Girls gone wild producer vibes. Um, the one girl who like has a fucking meltdown, his like girlfriend or whatever, um, she's like, mom, mom, I need to talk to you. And she's like, honey, I'm about to blow your father. I do not want to talk yeah. to you right now. I'm like, I have good one parenting. day a year to this make love to your father. And I was like, well, that is the saddest thing in the movie. I was like, that's, that's the that's saddest. Like, there it is right there. There's another movie yeah. right there. Yeah. She's like, get the fuck out of here. Get out. Get, get the, the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. But you're just like, okay. So I already have dilated orifice. Get, get the fuck out of here. I've already put MDMA in his butthole. I have got to do this. <laughs> like, it's. Your father's not going to peg himself to you. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Listen, we are sounding tonight. I do not want to have you around for that. Like, it's, Oh, God. Like, it's just one of those that's things. The, that's that interview I want to see. <laughs> that's that cutting room floor I want to see. But, like, that I think is the big part of the movie is this, like, idea of alpha dog. Which, you know, it is, it's like we all know that it's not Johnny True Love. But mm. we also know that it's not. Ben Foster, we don't really give a shit who the alpha dog is because at the end of the day, there was a loss of life, and it was because nobody was sitting around watching. Like only until the end, are is everyone understanding the consequences of their actions? Like alpha dog in this movie is crushing reality. Yeah, reality. Yeah, it's like you cannot just fucking buy a Scarface poster and be that guy. Right. Right. And even if you think about the movie Scarface. He's king of the world for but a brief window, and then he becomes Swiss cheese. Yeah. Like, so they, they're not taking the lessons of the movie the right way, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, the cool cocaine hot tub. I love that. And it's like, but watch like another 20 minutes. You well, know what I mean? Crushing reality is the alpha Well, like, dog that's the, the thing that I think is the most interesting part is finally when, like, so after they've executed this kid. They have that scene where that's an insane scene. Not only are they doing these like terrible like it's green nuts. screen backgrounds. Yeah, it's really bad like day for night. The the punctuation of when he actually pulls that trigger. Jesus Christ, dude. I, I felt like I got punched. I was like, oh yeah. I mean I didn't I hadn't seen the movie yet. It happens so brutally and so fast. You're like, holy shit. And the lead up is so intense. Like, I thought they were setting me up for a, a switch around, right? They weren't going to do it, even though Elvis was pretty gung-ho. He was going to call it off, and then Ben Foster was going to roll up and fucking take out Bruce Willie, Harry Dean Stanton, and Emil Hirsch. I yeah. thought that's what was coming. Well, so um, instead, so because you- I was like, they can't, because he's, that scene where Anton is crying. Yeah. And Justin Timberlake's just like, I'm your boy. Horrible, I would never boy, hurt man. you. I would never hurt you. Like, and you hear Dude. the sound of the tape. And he's like, okay. And he's like, I have to put some on your mouth. But I'm your boy. I would never. Okay. And you watch and he's like started to lose it. He kind of knows what's happening. And that fucking shovel hits. And it's like, (gasps) you're like, no, no, no. And when that, 
like it was a gut punch. It's like, it's, terrible. It's a beautiful example of punctuating. Yeah. Popping that balloon when the tension gets to like an unmanageable level. Mm -hmm. Amazing scene. Well, I couldn't fucking believe it. And then you go to, uh, what the the true love house, and the like the lawyers there. He goes, listen, this is what needs to happen. And they're like, where's the kid? And he's like, what kid? What are you talking about? And it's like, these are the guys who actually. These are the guys who actually yeah, are. These the, guys these have done the, this before. These are the alpha dogs. Like these are the dudes who are like, I have been in trouble like this. This is how you solve it. He's like, listen, you'll maybe do a year. He goes, no, fuck that. No prison. And it's like, oh, shit, this guy is not in control of this situation at all. It's like you're, it's reverting back the to a little that he baby. he thinks he can say that in that room. Again, this is what happens when you're a piece of shit parent and you let your children just become delusional like this. Yeah. When you think that money will raise your children and you can just keep playing tennis and doing whatever. Yeah. Right? Or like... Or Bruce when you Willie, can, it's like I'll set you up as a weed dealer, but not give you the infrastructure, like not put in like an office manager. No, no. Right. To watch you and fucking show you this is how we do it. Um, You're throwing your kids to crushing reality. Money cannot protect you from all of that. Yeah. Right. The money can protect you in the courts. It can protect you, you know, out in the markets. It cannot protect you when someone fucking who's in a you know down and out state hits you in the fucking head with a shovel and shoots your kid. Yeah, I mean that is like your dollar. Your dollars don't do anything at that point. No, and it's it's a moment because Sharon Stone has showed is she's a loving mother. Even he's like you know my mom is pretty awesome, but she's also intense. She's intense. She doesn't know like how she's to smacking listen the shit to her out children. Of ben Foster, yeah. yeah. I think like that. But like, it's like she's not a bad mom. No, like her and she's then an the dude who plays the father, the guy Butch. Like they're not bad parents, but like he's maybe well, a little. I think he is. I think he's a little like he's a little resigned to the fact that like oh my one son's a neo Nazi that's not great and then my other one is yeah. like following. Swinging like, a miss on that one. <laughs> so it's like okay, I guess the I'll line just judge have... called that one out, and I'm not going to yell at him. I'm not going <laughs> to McEnroe him. <laughs> but like. The parenting again. It's just it does boil down. It's funny. Like I think is it Bruce Willis who says it. He's like this boils down to parenting. It's like fuck, dude. Yeah. The worst parent in this kid, fucking movie mine. is actually the yeah. one who says the right thing. Yeah. You raise your kid, I'll raise mine. And I'm like, well, yours is murdering people. Yeah. Which makes it harder for me to raise mine, right? Yeah. Mine, yours mine. is murdering people, and mine is raising daisies. Uh, you have messed up the equation for yes. me. Yeah. He. It, it's a pretty. It's a pretty curious thing. Like, I, I, I think that that's... But, I mean, again, the movie does a very good job of... I think you're right, though. It does a very good job of shifting perspectives and seeing it from a lot of different angles. But you realize, like, at the end of the day, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, at the end of the day, they murdered this kid because he, what, would have told on them? Like, that's really what it boils down to. And they didn't want to do life in prison. They made a terrible decision for kidnapping. They someone. thought just the kidnapping would be life in prison, yeah. even though essentially they just partied with the kid. Yeah. Like, they even though they're, they're hard and tough guys now, they keep just going from party to party. And like, I don't just like, kind of further I, illustrating that they don't understand. I don't what's know, going on. like the reality of it, because like. They do do a good job of painting Justin Timberlake's characters like really reluctant to be anything more than just basically smoking weed and partying with 
you know, partying with this kid. He's playing the role. He even says he's, he's having fun. Yeah. He even like, he, like what if I gave the you myth of Johnny True Love? He he's that guy. Right. Well, he even says like, what if I gave you money and you just got on a bus and I said I lost you? And you know, Anton Yeltsin's character's like, I don't want to make any more trouble for my brother. And it's like, dude, that's where you say it's not going to be a problem. I will handle it. But he yeah. doesn't. And that's like this. That's the cardinal sin. Like that's why you. Like, that's why. Like at the end, you see. Like oh well, he has to go to jail. He has to pay. Not just because he was obviously present for the murder, but because he had the opportunity and he didn't take it to do the actual right thing. It's he's the one character because Elvis is resigned robot style. He knows this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, he knows this is not something they should be doing. Mm-hmm. He's the one character that we see in excruciating moments of the film have like 20 chances to not do it. Yeah. He doesn't have to tape the kid up. He can let the kid run away. Mm-hmm. When he opens the van in the desert and he sees those hikers, he could say, hey, could you take my friend home? Yeah. He could um, like. Yeah, he's lost. We need I to mean, find a phone. There are he witnesses right there who could like beat the shit out of Sean Hatozzi and be like, take him home. Like, I'll, I'll yeah, take this. He's at the party with him. He's at his house with him. He's There's farming so with him. There's so many chances. There's He goes to his other buddy's apartment, right? And he's like, hey, sorry. He takes him into the back room. He could have shut it down there. He just didn't want to face Johnny True Love because he is implicit in helping author this version of Johnny True Love. Yeah. That he's like a tough criminal you don't want to be on the wrong side of. And it's like, you no, know, because actually, of the looming specter of Sonny True Love. I, wouldn't, it's like, I also wouldn't want to be. Well, that's what Sean Hatozzi says. He's like, dude, do you want to be, you know, you don't want to be in Sonny True Love's crosshairs. That's even worse. And you yeah. also don't want to be in the We're crosshairs. Like, he's an actual gangster. These are not the same thing. Yeah. Like, you also don't want to be in, you know, Ben Foster is a neo-Nazi and a crazy person. So do you want to, like, you either look over yeah. your shoulder for that guy. If there's one crosshairs I want to dodge like the plague. It's Ben Foster. I don't want him running out of nowhere and hitting me with a fucking crescent kick I at got, 7-Eleven. I got to tell you, there is this one, those one. So after he finds out the kidnapping happened, he goes to that party and just fucking rocks like five karateing everyone that yeah. was so like that is one of those things you're like we find out later that they're rich kids so they're both black belts in taekwondo <laughs> yeah so you're like okay cool because so. at one point they're fighting and like they don't address it and the first fight's kind of a normal like two guys grappling each yeah, other yeah. and wrestling and not really knowing what they're doing the next time we see him in a fight it's like did he just hit a fucking van damme <laughs> crescent kick yeah like a spinning wheel kick right to the dome just wrecks this guy. Well, it's like that Punches guy. Punches ladies in the face. Yeah, some going girl looks like, hey, you can't do that. And he just straight up yep. clocks her. I'm like, wow. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? This movie went off the rails fast. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, later, Anton Yelchin's like, yeah, we're masters of karate. I was like, oh, okay. That's a weird, like, recontextualizing what I saw <laughs> earlier. But, yeah. I thought we were just leaving it that in his drug fueled state, he was fucking able to do karate, high level karate and taekwondo. I was like, did he just like, <laughs> did he just like? <laughs> that scene is the most. That's the second moment in the movie. I went, what? <laughs> like the shooting uh-huh. in that were like truly unexpected moments yeah. for me. It's but then like yeah. again, Ben, ben Fo- Foster this is again with karate. Ben that Foster wrecks with karate, and the scene ends with goes. If anybody sees Johnny True Love. Let him know I'm looking for him. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for him. That's the comedy. I'm going to go back and bang my girlfriend and aggressively grab her face. Like next to a poster man. of the marching Nazis, like hot. <laughs> but he's Jewish, right? Yeah. That's like, I, I don't understand that at all. I, I, that's, I was a little confused by that too. I, apparently that is a thing. 
I don't know what it is. There personally. are Jewish neo-Nazis? I believe so. I don't know. I guess in, in well, this, you learn something new in every this day. Movie there are, like insane. he has Hebrew tattooed on his chest and yet Yeah. Also, he has the like collar tattoo. Yeah. Uh, honestly, man, I don't know. Like it was very confusing to me when I saw it. I was like, huh. I'm gonna Maybe let that that's one go. his source of rage. That's what he's fighting against every day. What? That's bizarre. I've never heard of a Jewish sect of Nazis. Wasn't that isn't that a Ryan Gosling movie Gosling movie, The Believer? Isn't he isn't he supposed to be a Jewish kid? I've, I've, I've only seen apt pupil. I don't know about the believer, but Okay. I don't know. I, I have honestly Anyways, I, I have no fucking it, idea. It's kind of sprinkled in there. See, I didn't really think about it very much. There's a lot <laughs> of like co- there's a lot of cultural context context that are sprinkled in that absolutely have no like they don't bring it up again. It's like Everyone's well, kind of. Ra- he everyone's definitely a has a, a big dog named Adolf. Adolf, yeah. So there's some of that going so on. Everyone's a little racist. There's everyone's a little anti-Semitic. Everyone's you know, sort of just homophobic, a, homophobic because it's early 2000s. Yeah. They're really embracing the toxic masculine culture of yeah that of Woodstock '99. It was Woodstock '99. Yeah. It was basically Woodstock '99 left Woodstock, New York, and like came back to Claremont, California. Like that's. Yeah, it's like wherever that was in Woodstock, right? There was a mm-hmm. little beer bong funnel that was made out of a fucking, you know, cloned flesh from Kid Rock. Yep, yep. And it fucking fecaled out right here in this fucking Southern California <laughs> burb. And that's what we're watching. Um, but I mean, that's what it is. Overall, it is just like this really well-crafted narrative about, really well-crafted narrative about just, not just the subjectivity of, what you're seeing but also like at the end of the day everyone is technically a culprit in this like for not letting this kid go like that's really what it is like this indictment of like everyone knew what the right thing to do was and they didn't do it like it's it's a movie about telling stories which i think is really interesting it's not like a meta movie about making but it's it's about storytelling and the characters we create and what the movie really is is that we don't think that it's a problem when it's rich white kids behaving this way. Yeah. Cause they'll figure it out. They're rich and white. Their parents have done good. They'll be all right. And so we don't engage with movies about this kind of, you know, criminal underground, you know, in the same way, if they're rich white kids, yeah. it feels safer because we know that they're just posers, mm-hmm. but there is a, there is a line when reality steps in and someone gets fucking shot and things yeah. start going too far where you can't stop the fucking uh, exit velocity of this fictional craft that they've made. And it is the movie meanders, right? Like we do this sure. thing where like, it's like, yes, we get it. He's a lucky hostage. He's getting threesomes and like, whatever. It's yeah, fine. Sure. Um, it meanders at parties. It meanders with them. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? But it's not something that hurts the film. It helps us have time to sit and be like, Get him home. Get yeah. him home. The answer is obvious. Stop your Stop game. What you're doing. Get, Get a job. Right. Like it's our chance to sit there and be like, this is so easy. So we start getting anxiety. Stop what you're doing. Um, Go work yeah, at Enterprise. Rent a car. Stop. A great this. movie. Yeah. A fucking great, amazing cast. And again, they true story. My son over twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. True story. And it's it's brutal. It is. It's 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 a really. This is a great movie. Like I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, that's it for Alpha Dow. Alpha Dow. Um, see, we stopped doing it for a little while, but we're back. 
bitch. That's what we do. We find a joke and we fucking beat it relentlessly with shovel. Um, all right, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. This month, five-year anniversary curation. Or no, we did that last month. But it is our five-year anniversary. Uh, the pod is going to get wit. The pod is going to get wit. We're doing uh, aquatic horror, aquatic Dude, nightmares, aquatic adventures. Uh, yeah, water adjacent or beneath movies. Uh, so it's really fun curation. We hope you guys have fun. This is the buildup as well to the October Mega Marathon. Oil your chainsaws. Polish your chrome death orbs. Uh, check in on what your favorite scary movie is. Get ready for the October Mega Marathon. 31 days, 31 pods. Within the next week or two, we're going to be dropping all the, the details of the lineup on social media as soon as we can and have it locked in. We're going to get that information to you. If you want that information the fastest and you want to stay uh, most abreast of what we're working on, go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Please uh, help us grow and support the show. Also, it's the best way to have all the details and get what you want specifically out of the show. Please and thank you. The YouTube Film Alchemist, the email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews. Make sure you're sharing everything on social media. Make sure you reach out to a movie-loving friend. And let them know what we're up to over here, and we'll take it from there. All right, we'll be back next week. Getting wet. Soaking wet.